0: From the studios of Tucson Business Radio X, recorded in the Stewart Title corporate offices on Broadway, you are now listening to The Mark Bishop Show. And now here's your host, Mark Bishop. And welcome to another Mark Bishop Show. Uh, particularly this, uh, this time we're going to do something a little different. I've got a new segment where um, I want to preview books because I think with this COVID-19 thing, a lot of people stuck indoors and we enjoy reading. So welcome to The Reading Corner. Let me ask you this, how does the past affect the present? How do the decisions our ancestors made centuries ago affect our lives now? So what is our reason to be? Well, these are all questions Dubu author Norman McCombs asks in his gripping historical novel, A Reason to Be. A poignant tale of loss, hope and the transcendent power of the love that binds us to one another. I welcome the author of A Reason to Be, Norman McCombs. Hi,
1: thank you for having me.
0: You're most welcome. Norman, allow me, if you will, to give a a little small synopsis here before we get into the heart of it. You tell the semi-autobiographical story of Douglas McCombs, an accomplished engineer and recent widower who uh, is driven to discover the truth of who he is by studying the people and places he comes from, And after losing his wife to the battle with Alzheimer's, Douglas is left devastated until a chance encounter with a sharp, compassionate librarian by the name of Susie Hamilton. This is on the steps of the New York Public Library, and she shakes him from the throes of grief. And with Susie's help, Douglas takes up genealogy, begins an investigation into his Scottish lineage that takes the reader on a sprawling journey through time. As he traces his ancestry through generations, Douglas manages to discover not only the roots he was searching for, but also a brand new reason to be. Right? So here's a bit of an accolade, to folks. Rachel Song, author of Five Stars. A reason to be is a brilliant a cerebral narrative of a man's journey to discover who he is within the stunning breadth of history. What what do you say to that, Norman? Sounds good. Well, just as a sidebar, you have over 200 patents worldwide, primarily for air separation technology used for a myriad of oxygen applications around the world. Uh, So you're an inventor by trade. Is that Uh, right?
1: Yes, that's correct. I'm an engineer slash physical chemist and yeah, I've got involved in air separation means for oxygen delivery, and uh, actually for the last sixty years.
0: So. Hmm. Well, in two thousand eleven, you uh, stood outside the East Wing of the White House, and before receiving the National Medal, folks of Technology, this is from President Obama when he was in. I believe you asked yourself a very simple question: Would you like to share that with us?
1: Yeah, who am I? <laughs> you know, where did I come from? Um, it was a Profound moment for me, and I was used to primarily looking uh, looking ahead. I didn't spend much time thinking about where I came from, or, and I decided to make note of that particular instance. and And at that moment, I really. Uh, by the way, at at that time, my wife was in the middle of a battle with Alzheimer's, so it was a very a bittersweet mm-hmm. situation. I was very proud of it, but uh, Grace was. There with me, being taken care of by some others, but by some others. But it, it, ret- retrospectively, I'm getting to enjoy the
0: moment more. Uh, Mark. Mm-hmm. You know, well, right. uh, you, you met your late wife Grace uh, in Amherst, New York, where you were born, and uh, her passing through Alzheimer's led you into a, a deep depression until a close friend aided you into receiving some help. You recovered. Good job left Western New York and began to write A Reason to Be. One more review before we get into it. A Reason to Be... Pardon me? I said one more review before we get into it here. This is from John J. Kelly of Detroit Free Press. Five stars. A Reason to Be is an exhilarating exploration into exactly why we are here and the never-ending journey to find and to give love. It's not a bad assessment, do you think?
1: No, when I started to write it. it I had written a lot when I was young, but then went off into science and engineering, and I always intended to get to get back to it. and uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, I went into depression and one of the a very good friend of mine encouraged me to go back to writing for therapeutic reasons. And uh, as I got it, I decided to, Make it sort of a, a three-pronged presentation. One is to maybe inspire others to see that one can come out of that. That's right. Out of depression, and uh, along the way, find out a bit about myself. Maybe find myself to get some strength from that by looking into my genealogy. And mm-hmm. also, I am very sensitive to the word love, and uh, it's thrown around very cavalierly. Mm-hmm love you love you and you know that people are, uh, are just, just use it in, a, in such a way as it has no meaning Well, true love deep love is something that uh, i can i consider a form of energy it never goes away that's sort of an engineer's perspective thermodynamically but it it, it, it is um, so i go i delve into the meaning of love as well so it's part of an a, Inspiration, uh, history, and ro- and romance.
0: So uh, a reason to be is semi autobiographical, uh, autobiographical, a graphical. <laughs> I got trapped this morning. Very
1: good. How much <laughs>
0: of it is uh, is truth, though, and how much of it is fiction?
1: Um, it's one hundred percent nonfiction. It's uh, the, the, as far as emotions are concerned. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, it's me like um, mm-hmm. the dialogue is invented so that's fiction uh, seven, about three quarters of the actual events uh, is nonfiction. my ancestors are all real uh, very little of it i had to i have to patch in obviously you know invent the dialogue mm-hmm. but it it, Mark, it just evolved uh, okay and it uh formed a life of its own and uh It just came out, and it was very therapeutic for me. I did make connection with some Mm -hmm. of my old Scottish relatives from centuries ago. There you go. (laughs) It it built sort of a foundation for my life in in a way. uh, I had never done any genealogy before, uh, but I found that uh, again therapeutic in a way.
0: Autobiographical. That's what I was looking for. What project? I call it
1: autobiographical. I'm I'm Douglas. I, I really couldn't. Mm-hmm. Many people ask me why didn't I just use my first name. Well, I, I couldn't. Uh, right, it didn't flow that way. No. I had to. I had to step back from it. I try to explain that. I have a family tree in the front of the book.
0: Yes, I saw that. Mm-hmm.
1: From my name down, it's all all real.
0: So, what prompted you to research your ancestry?
1: Probably 15 to 20 years ago, I had. Was looking up some patents under my name and just googling it, and I saw a uh, adjacent website where someone was uh, referring to the descendants of uh, Timothy McCombs, and I had never heard of him. My father had immigrated uh, to the States in uh, 1917, and he used to talk about his Scottish roots, uh, but I didn't know he was estranged from his family. Timothy was a revelation to me. There was, this fellow had gotten a, a gentleman named Murray McCombs in Toronto had uh, received a PhD uh, researching the McCombs family. And so I looked, opened it, looked it up, and here I was at the end of the line. Uh, right. And I looked back at that, and that prompted it. Unfortunately, Murray had died. And so I couldn't speak to him directly. I was born in Buffalo, so I'm not very far from Toronto. I was hoping to be able to meet him, but Mm. he was gone. But with the help of others, I met some distant relatives and Ancestry.com and other sources. And I started finding some interesting relatives back there. Mm. And it it kept me, uh, it got me interested in, in that. So it blends in with the title. So a reason to be, you know, why are we? I think every, all of us ask that question all the time. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, why are we here? You know, when you get up in the morning, you have to have a reason to be.
0: A there you go. To, Yeah. A lot of people perfect. say that to themselves. That's for sure. I got a lot of questions to get through here. So go I right want to ahead. move on. What go part ahead, of, what part of your ancestry shocked you the most?
1: Well, in the beginning, the, you know, the clan structure, I didn't really, I didn't know anything about it. And I didn't, it's fascinating the the way the clans they choose their leaders based on their uh, their ability, mm. not by their lineage, you know, by their courage or leadership capabilities. And so, in the old days, if you were the mm. the laird of the clan, you you, you earned it. You didn't get it because you inherited it. Right. And I, I didn't I didn't realize that, but you know, obviously that changed over the years. But originally, that was the case. Mm. And the, and the laird of the clan owned everything, including the children and wow. wife you know, and all the land. and that's where the clan Thomas started. And that's where the, the name Macombs come home in Gaelic. And, all right. uh, so that was and as I moved along, I found some interesting characters.
0: What about uh, the most pride? what What part of your ancestry gave you the most pride, do you think?
1: Um, the most pride. I would say when I when I got to the point, Alexander uh, McCombs, who was uh, the son of uh, John Gordon McCombs, who came over from Belfast uh, in 1735 or thereabouts, and he brought his sons, Timothy and Alexander, with him, and my, uh, my grandfather and my granduncle. And Alexander was uh, quite accomplished. He was when they came to John Gordon came to this country. They they moved out west for a while, and they, he made some money in the fur trade. He stayed there and Alexander, and, and his brother Timothy came back to the coast. And this this was 1760 or so. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so we were landed immigrants. The family were landed immigrants pre-revolution, and I I had thought that my father's family had come over almost directly, but they had a circuitous route. Oh, and he uh he became friends with alexander became friends with alexander hamilton and and they they brought up at one point they jointly owned about 25 percent of new york state good lord yeah and he uh he and alexander hamilton however were got spanked for a land grab and my relative wound up in debtor's prison because he couldn't pay the money back and uh Alexander Hamilton got away with it. Eventually, they got got him got him out of prison, and to and then he was he was a, a prime instrument in the formation of New York Stock Exchange. Ah. Uh, there's a place called the McCombs Mansion, and that uh, near Battery Park, right in the shadow of the New York Stock Exchange. Right, it's not there anymore, but there's a big bas relief of the building, McCombs Mansion. Yeah, you found it was huge.
0: This yeah, research is amazing, isn't it? I mean, what? What? Do you have any tips for anyone who wants to start researching their own ancestry? Would you know? Is there anything you can offer?
1: I think it varies from person to person, but ancestry. dot com is a great place to start. They and they they lead you down many different paths, mm-hmm. and if you have any you know older living relatives, it's a great source. You get them to talk about it and open up avenues you never knew existed. I didn't have any such
0: connections. Right. right.
1: Ancestors.com. You did start looking. It's mm. a bit of work, Mark, but.
0: Well, it is. I've just started it myself. And in fact, I've just done the vial testing, you know, that they do. So uh, I'm finding out incredible stuff, but you never know. I want to ask yeah. you about uh, when you met President Obama, right? Uh, and being honored at the White House. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that, you know, just briefly.
1: Okay. Well, I've been involved in air separation for a long, long time. And I. Uh, developed a, something called an oxygen concentrator. Have, have you heard of such a thing? Probably people in your audience have, if they've had any pro- people with a respiratory issues. Mm-hmm. Instead, of, instead of getting oxygen from a cylinder, you invented a, a, an appliance that draws in room air and separates it and produces oxygen on demand. And, and made several different types, one that allowed people to fly on airplanes. And, and so... The body of work they did—that's why I was given the the medal, which is a total surprise to me.
0: It's called, what's it, was, it called? The National Medal, isn't it? Of, of what's the
1: National Medal of Technology and Innovation?
0: Technology and innovation. For um, somebody like me,
1: it's a highest you get.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, would you consider that to be the greatest accomplishment of your career?
1: No, I think that was especially at the time. I didn't think too much about it. I was in depression actually at the time. But my biggest accomplishment, Mark, is that as a result of the, what I developed, invented, uh, many people were able to breathe easier, extended the life and quality of the life of literally millions of people wow. around the world. So that's, that's a big what thing. I, that is a big I, thing,
0: yeah. Well, as a guy that suffers from a touch of COPD myself, um, I, I can oh. appreciate it terribly. But uh, how does it relate to the COVID we're going through today? You know what are you? What are your views on that?
1: Well, COVID, it doesn't really involve oxygen. I mean, obviously we breathe it. It's the air is percent nitrogen, twenty one percent oxygen, and that that huge COVID virus that's floating around is carried by means of that air. And however, the only connection that I've made, and I'm working with the University the UNLV out here, uh, is the, the connection through filtration, because in order to you draw the air into my appliance by way of a HEPA filter, you mm-hmm. clean it up. And HEPA filters are, go down to 0.03 micron, which is an extremely small particle. And the uh, COVID virus is 50 microns in diameter. So it's easy to filter out. And so we're working on a, a ventilated mask that uh, filters the air to a, a shield that is flooded with clean air. But as far as the oxygen part of it, the, the peripheral, my peripheral involvement with filters is uh, what, what helped out or pointed me in that direction. So I am working on it. Um, but God, it's an insidious thing, Mark. I,
0: I'm getting <laughs> No, good Never luck with that. Through. Good luck with it. We could do with it. I want to switch just for a sec before we uh, wind up with a couple more questions. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, my own mother-in-law um, passed with Alzheimer's. I can relate to it. Do you have any words of wisdom for those, you know, uh, whose loved ones are living with Alzheimer's? Uh,
1: yes, the most important one is get help. You know, I, as a scientist, I thought that I could take care of grace i could cure her and i kept it quiet i shielded her um, as time went by just we didn't go out anymore i I did everything uh, virtually for my businesses and it was but i didn't ask for help i wouldn't give into it and and finally i almost i that's what put me in depression i just had i lost all hope right exhausted all means. but ask for help get help uh, there are so many people out there, caregivers, that are suffering. The the, the oftentimes, if not always, the actual patient isn't much aware of what's going on. But the, mm-hmm. the, the sufferer is the person suffering is the the caregiver, and uh, it's there's a lot of frankly suicide out there. People just can't handle it and give up. They see this person. Mm-hmm in front of them, just disappearing before their eyes. Grace and I were together since high school, and uh, to see her disappear before my eyes, it's... yes, it's,
0: it's it's very hard. That's a long life tears. together. A lot of wonderful, wonderful memories, I bet.
1: So, um, the, Unfortunately, Mark, the wonderful memories turn into bad memories. I can't even look at old pictures or anything. It just brings bad thoughts to my mind, so I, I have to defend against it, and so I can't really... Mm-hmm. We had a wonderful life where the Gifted life, um, mm-hmm. but it's when something just happens, it just uh, removes all those good memories. So, well, by making new, American make new memories. How about
0: that? That's yeah, a, well, the a, thing is, I believe figure. she's still with you anyway. You know, her body functions and all of that may have suffered Alzheimer's, but her spirit is there and she's 100% healthy. Look, what about the writing process for a reason to be? What was the, the writing process for you?
1: For me, I wrote just as a young boy. I used to send uh, short stories into uh, Saturday Evening Post and Collier's and the like, and so I always had that itch to do it, but I couldn't make any money at it. So I want, you know, what I'm really good at is uh, mathematics, science, and engineering. So that's the direction I went in. But I, it sort of flows for me. At, um once I have a, a once I format it, I have a plan then i then i start to fill in the blanks and it 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 flows uh, i think you really have to have a, an interest in you know knowledge about what you're writing about
0: sure yeah
1: and uh, don't don't start writing about something you don't know anything about and, um so my um, inclination was to write about my experience with grace and try to inspire others um, and ask, again ask for help get out of get out don't think you can do it all by yourself for six and a half years i tried it all by myself until yeah. i couldn't get out of bed anymore uh and went from 230 pounds down to 175
0: oh well, there's um, a lot that, of people like you you know you're not robinson crusoe when it comes to suffering like that so what uh, what do you hope uh, let me ask you norman um doug what do you hope readers will take away uh, from I hope they'll
1: be inspired, Mark, that I recovered. I was about as bad as it gets.
0: Okay, I so were, you recovered best. and then you thought, well, Hank, hey, I've got to find a reason to be, to recover, basically. And, I to uh, find a
1: reason to get up in the morning.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know? and so the, the uh, very fascinating people should look at maybe the genealogy. Uh, you know, where did I come from? What traits mm-hmm. do I have? I mean, it's funny how people, you know, I mean, you're, science, as you said, and, and engineering and and you know, never the twain meet. And there's others who are who are uh, totally opposite to that in life. And, uh, you know, everybody's well, everybody's uh, unique. And yet we're such a close, uh, what is it, six degrees of separation? Exactly, <laughs> I yeah. Know, the whole bit.
1: I, you know, I'm, when I see someone, some athlete, by the way, my Buffalo Bills lost yesterday, which um, I'm upset about. <laughs> well, but this, this
0: should... is not dated; it's a podcast, so it's going to go for a long time out there. So <laughs> maybe the song yeah. get it, you know. Um, okay. What I want to ask you now is, how can people buy the book? Where is it? Uh, you know, where is well, it available?
1: It, it's distributed every place. Amazon. Amazon is the easiest place. It's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's available hardcover, ebook, and uh, audio. So
0: Amazon is the best place to go with Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. It just got
1: the bestseller status
0: uh really? For Bar- at Barnes and & and Noble?
1: The, um, no, Amazon bestseller. Oh,
0: very good. Well done. Congrats. Yeah. All right. Come on. If, if, that you should celebrate with this. <laughs> That's well, good.
1: I, It's hard for me to feel joy uh, that that I think many people uh, caregivers real you know understand what I'm saying. When mm-hmm. you feel joy, Mark, you uh guilt comes along with it you know why am i still here you know why couldn't i save her and the image of her comes back to me and the, the agony uh, uh, so it's it's hard to find joy i i have a after many years i i met a wonderful uh, uh, mature lady out here and uh, she she's a, a a reason to be for me right
0: now there my work down. i do, see
1: my, the work i do at UNLV there's a reason to be. I met many. I mentor a lot of students, engineering students, um, and that gives me a reason to get up in the morning. Uh, and I didn't have that for many years. Right. I right. dreaded it, and I wouldn't share. But again, audience share, talk about it. Yeah. It's sort of, it's sort of like Alcoholics Anonymous. Like you know, people start talking, talk about how you feel, get your emotions out there. Otherwise, they spiral inward. And into a dark hole, and the clinical depression sets in as it did with me. Mm. And medication doesn't work, not for me. No, it's
0: something you've got to go through, something you've got to live through, you know.
1: I um, know. Well, med- meditation works, Mark, if you can get yourself, your mindset properly. So I try to meditate, mm-hmm. put myself somewhere else, and put aside the, the, the evil thoughts, the bad thoughts.
0: It works. All right. Well, listen, good luck with this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's A Reason to Be is the name of the book. It's got a beautiful tartan cover on the thing. Uh, It's written by Norman McCombs. It's his first book and already a bestseller on Amazon. How about that? And uh, I wish you luck with this. I wish you well with your life and continue on. And, you know, uh, Grace would really want you to be happy, successful, and achieving what you're doing now. Remember that.
1: Yeah, I do my best.
0: All right, Every my day. friend. Take care.
1: Thank you very much, Mark. All right. Goodbye now. Goodbye.